I'm Jeremiah Budin. And I'm Asat Zerkat. And this is The Curbed Appeal. Today on the podcast, we're talking to Aminatu So, a digital strategist and the co-host of the podcast Call Your Girlfriend. Amina has a great, you know, vibrant, robust life on the internet, and we wanted to just chat with her about what it's like to make a home online and the digital spaces she uses every day. We all sort of live on the internet to a certain extent, uh, and Amina, more than most, is a professional in that. Yeah, she is online life goals, so stick around. All right, so this is how we start. Oh, yeah. With every every guest. I'm going to let Jeremiah take it away. This is our question. When you're at a cocktail party, how do you describe what you do? <laughs> I guess we just start, do, do you go to cocktail parties? Um, yeah, I'm like, who's going to cocktail parties? First of all, what is the that wrong is, with, the, how the, old the are basic, you? The basic premise of our podcast is that we assume that everyone goes to cocktail parties. Oh, God. <laughs> um, when I go to cocktail parties, never. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. It's like I'm kind of in job transition right now. So I tell people that I consult and I host podcasts. That's what I do. All right. That's that's, that's straightforward enough. Reasonable. Yeah. Do people like, do they inquire further or do people just kind of nod and smile as people yeah, do? Yeah, you know, they do. Parties? I think it's um, that like, what do you do question is actually really funny because um, it's not really a question that people ask you in California. It's a very like East Coast thing I've huh. noticed. Mm. Uh, I used to live in D.C. for a long time. And in D.C., it's like literally the only thing people care about. They're like, (laughs) what do you do? Like, where do you work? And uh, and in New York, that's also true. And I don't know. In California, people are like, how are you? How is your soul? <laughs> oh my goodness. What's, you know, like, how is your soul? What crystals are you into? What, you know, like, <laughs> at the I don't smoothie know. parties. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or the juice parties. No, yeah. <laughs> cocktail parties. I'm like, what? <laughs> we'll have to talk about crystals later. Um, I'm curious. I'm really into crystals right now. All right, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. I feel like with your job in particular, how do you uh, describe to older relatives what you do? That's how I describe it to them. <laughs> computers. I work in computers. Like, I work in computers. You know, it, yeah, it's my. I feel like my family like kind of never cared about what I did. They were just like, uh, like, are you paying your bills? Is everything okay? Right. Like, you know, like my dad was just like, uh, like what a failure. And then uh, when I started working at Google, he like still didn't know what I was doing, but he was like. You work at a company I recognize. <laughs> right, so, right. Which is what yeah. matters to parents. No, you know? especially to immigrant parents. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's just like, oh, that like, they make products I know. So, right. Did he think you could find him information more easily? Like oh, get it straight, straight from the Google? <laughs> the number of like maps <laughs> question or email. It's like my father's had email for like 15 years now. God bless him. Still doesn't know how to send an attachment. Oof. And so. Attachment, look. Attachments are hard. Oh my God. Let's be real. Please don't perpetrate this. <laughs> it's not certain, intuitive that a, that certain, a paper clip would mean attachment. I mean, yes. I guess it sort of makes sense. Yeah, but sense. it's been like 15 years of having this conversation with my dad. Where That's like when he right. calls, I'm like, are you calling and telling me that you love me? You're proud of me? Or, <laughs> or do you need to send an to attachment? Attach and I, you know, attachments 8.5 times out of 10, probably <laughs> oh, attachments. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, he's just like a company I recognize. So that's like that's basically that's legit. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. All right. So Curb's tagline, as I'm sure you already know, is love where you live. And when we think about you, we think about someone who really lives on the Internet. And we wondered if you have kind of parts of the Internet that are, you know, different rooms and serve different functions. So like Twitter for this, Instagram for that. Um, how do you make a life on the Internet as someone who is also working on the internet. 
Um, maybe you want more separation than there is, but you seem to live like a really healthy, robust life on the internet. I'm very curious about that. Hey, thank you. That's very <laughs> kind of you to say. Um, I don't know. My relationship with the internet, <laughs> that sounds so ominous, the internet, capital I. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks, iOS, is, uh, I don't know, It's it's changed a lot. I think that probably earlier in my career, I was really concerned about a huge separation. You know, I just... It's like, here's what I do for work. And I'm I'm inherently like actually a very private person. And so it was really hard for me to put myself out there. But I really I, like, I love the internet. I love being there. And uh, this I sound like such a goober. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's like as I've gotten older, as I've like gotten mature, there's just like parts. Um, there are like parts of my life that I'm okay with uh, like sharing publicly. But that also comes with the caveat that it's like very well edited, right? It's like people don't realize that like <laughs> it's like the internet is just like it's like social theater. You know? oh, it's, it's like 100%. one big it's like one big mirage. Like people who are assholes online, I was like, ugh, <laughs> it's so easy to be your best self here, right? Just and you be, ruined it exactly, and you ruined it. Like save that for your family and friends. Like people don't <laughs> care. But like here, you can be anybody who you want to be, yeah. and so. I don't know, like, what am I really into right now? Um, I really like Instagram, like, in general, as a place to, you know, like, show what you're up to. But also, like, for me, it's it, a lot of it is just, like, documenting, like, a lot of the places that I've been and, mm-hmm. um, and my friends and the people and the things that I care about. And also, it's just fun to see, like, what everybody else is up to um, in that regard and who are good picture takers and who are terrible mm-hmm. picture takers. <laughs> It's just so shocking sometimes. I'm like, my God. Yeah. Like they created a square for you. Why like why can't you like do composition? This is insane. Uh, um, I don't know. I like that. Uh, I really still like reading online. R.I.P. Google Reader. Oh, yes. Like, R.I.P. Google Reader. I feel like mm. that was my favorite corner of the internet period. Would you say that was like your, you know, like library area of your internet home <laughs> study no that was like my like i don't know that was like my hearth like it mm. was real mm. you know and and i think i got to rediscover a lot of my my friends like after mm. college that way where it was like here are things that we read and here are the things that we care about and we had our own language and our own everything and then they took it away from us they did I don't know that I've fully recovered. It's like when a wing of your house gets demolished in the, in the night. Right. And you're like, and you're like what? what happened? In the night. Yeah. You're like, I don't have a bathroom anymore. What do we do here now? Um, hopefully that's not happening to anyone. Yeah. yeah. God, I hope we're not like laughing at someone's weird contractor issues. <laughs> because I feel like the internet, like spaces on the internet change so often. And I remember Snapchat emerging and my 16 year old sister being like pay attention to this thing it's awesome (laughs) and I was like really am I ever gonna use this and now I'm like addicted to snapchat I was gonna ask if snapchat is gone yet I'm kind of I feel like I'm just (laughs) waiting it out (laughs) no you know you know the thing about snapchat that I find interesting and I think that like the reason that it gives like people like us anxiety is that one it like actually confronts you with the fact that you're like getting older and no longer relevant like Mm -hmm. really quickly (laughs) Like in every way that used to make fun of your parents for not knowing how to like print stuff, you know, <laughs> or, now or attach things to emails, or attach things to emails. <laughs> it's such a scourge. yes, good callback. Thank you know, you. like attach things to emails. It's I don't know. It's like I watch my like you know the like fifteen year olds that I interact with and how quick they are with like the medium, and it's yeah. it's perfect. But I think too that like for our generation, we're so obsessed with um, 
like cataloging and making things permanent and, uh, you know, just like holding on to things. Mm -hmm. And we were never like fully digital people. And like the kids don't care. They're just like, I made this thing and it's okay to just like release it into the ether. I never have to like see that picture again or hold on to this moment or that gives you know. me like mild anxiety yeah me too you're no, but you're right and like but i but i think that that's really that's really what the difference is is that like the kids just care a little less about like digital permanence you know and i think that there's some there's something to learn there <laughs> yeah and, and we have these like catalogs of thousands of tweets and instagram posts that we don't like uh, i started like, i started deleting my tweets it makes me feel so happy it's like you just delete all of it and then you start over yeah you're cleaning house <laughs> so then yeah like deleting old tweets it's like you know it's like spring cleaning for your internet life that's right mary condo your life yeah oh goodness are, are you someone who do you have you tidied up Yo, I invented condo. I invented <laughs> condoing. Um, here's the thing. I grew up traveling a lot. Like, and um, my parents, we moved like continents mm-hmm. the, often. My parents were diplomats. And we just this idea of holding on to stuff was just not realistic. I in mean, my you family. just right. I mean, yeah, it's like my mom gave everybody a shoebox and it was like, all your memories must be in here. <laughs> <laughs> and you figure like you figure that out for yourself. And I'm just somebody who needs to be mobile. It really, I remember when I I was graduating college, it really stressed me out that when I moved to America for college, I came with a backpack and a tiny suitcase. And now I own like a house worth of (laughs) stuff. And so I sold all of it, you know, which looking back on it now, not smart because I had no money and I should (laughs) have probably hung on to my stuff. But I sold all of it, including my clothes, because... I, I need to be able to go mm. whenever, and I grew up with not a lot, and I don't like accumulating things. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's all it is. It's just things. It's like for how many times I've like tidied up, I've reaccumulated that stuff, I've gotten rid of it. And for my personality, at least, it is not, um, you don't feel like my best self when I'm tied down somewhere or when I have too much stuff. Um, so today we are going to try something new on on the appeal. We have a new segment called Ask Curbed, and we're super excited to to roll it out and to get your listener submitted questions. And you can tweet at us at the Curbed Appeal. But today we have a special treat because one of the co-hosts of the Eater Upsell is in the studio with us, and she has a question that we're going to attempt to answer. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> I'm Helen Rosner, one of the co-hosts of the Eater Upsell Eater's podcast, which is really fun and we have long conversations with famous people. Yeah, you really should. Um, And something that I never get to bring up on the Eater Upsell because we mostly talk about food and restaurants is that I have a really huge tablecloth problem. Mm. I mean, Uh, who doesn't? We all do, (laughs) really, in our hearts. But but my current tablecloth problem is that I can't find any. I I mean, I can. Like, there are tablecloths. There have are... you tried uh, stores? Yeah, they don't have them anymore. <laughs> okay, well, like... I'm, I'm out of advice now. <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah, you're probably not a tablecloth expert. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've seen tablecloths, <laughs> certainly in restaurants. Right. Uh, but yeah. Well, my question is in a couple of parts. So, I, I like the first part of this is, am I wrong to want a tablecloth? Because the message that I'm getting from my searches, you know, you go somewhere like Crate and Barrel or CB2 or West Elm or all of the sort of off-the-cuff places that I would think of to look for a tablecloth. At best, they'll have one. They'll have one tablecloth. Mm. But they'll have dozens and dozens of runners. Which is which is wild to me. That is crazy. For, for anyone who uh, doesn't know what a runner is, 
which certainly is not me because I know everything. But we should probably <laughs> just explain what what is a runner. So a runner is a piece of cloth, generally, uh, I would say about like between six and 12 inches wide, um, that runs down the length of your table. Oh, okay. Um, I know what that, that is. Name. So yeah. just like a tablecloth with no edges. Well, it has edges, but the edges just don't meet the end of your table. They don't go over the table in the way that right. a traditional tablecloth right, right, right. would. It's okay, like a it. table accessory. Right. Yeah. And it seems so fussy. Like who is still putting a runner on their table in the 21st century? According to like my current experience trying to find a tablecloth, it's actually the other way around. Everybody is using runners <laughs> and nobody is using tablecloths anymore. And I so my question, I guess, is like one, where can I actually get a good tablecloth? And two, should I abandon this search because our tablecloths horribly passe? OK, do not be discouraged. Yes, you, too, can find an amazing tablecloth. What I would say to you is, well, yeah, don't be discouraged. Um but also, yeah, I think like people just don't dress their tables in the way that they once did. And I think if you're going for like a really simple way to like make your table feel more festive for a special occasion or just like to not have like I have a really janky like $50 table. And so putting a tablecloth on it has made the table feel so much more luxurious than it was when I got it from like Salvation Army, which is I think where I got that table. Um, and so, yeah, there are like places where you can get and not just Etsy. Because I see you looking kind of skeptically, well, not I, just Etsy. Because <laughs> what I don't want is like a, like a thematic holiday tablecloth. Right. right? There, <laughs> there is no shortage of like festive Christmas right. tablecloths or fall foliage tablecloths. I want <laughs> something simple and straightforward and not too crazy, but also a little like clearly communicating that I'm an awesome person with fantastic taste. Right. Of course. That's, That's what we uh, all want. Of course. Right. <laughs> Um, so I, I think anyone who knows me knows I'm a fan of Scandinavian design. It's just really simple. It's like a tablecloth is such a foundational piece and you want it to go with all of your table settings and you want it to look nice against whatever food you happen to be serving that afternoon or evening. Um, and so I would say check out hem.com. Are you familiar with hem.com? Tell me about it. So for listeners that don't know, it is, I believe, a Berlin-based uh, company that sells home goods online. So cool. Um, but it's like Scandinavian design. Berlin um, and Scandinavia. Those yes, are the two coolest like, right, places exactly. things can <laughs> I'm come pretty from. sure they have big offices in Stockholm, Berlin, New York. Um, but it's just like I have, a ta- I have two tablecloths from him that I love, and they're both just a grid, a simple grid pattern, black on white and white on black. And my advice would be uh, just have paper plates, solo cups, eat food in your bed. Don't, don't worry so much about it. <laughs> the Jeremiah method of, of getting around not having a tablecloth. I'll take both of those under consideration. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you've you. Sal- you've solved all my problems. <laughs> <laughs> so you are based in San Francisco technically. Yes. <laughs> I, pay, um, I pay rent in San Francisco. <laughs> right. So how often, like, what is the balance between, like, being in San Francisco and then not being there, like, traveling for work? Well, so right now it's like, I don't like San Francisco, so I I will take any opportunity to get on a plane. Okay, um, you casually my... threw down a gauntlet and then you stepped aside. I didn't step aside. I just, like, San, Fran- <laughs> San Francisco sucks. Uh, Wait, why? Why don't you uh, like San Francisco? In brief. In brief. If you could, If you could condense it. It's not a real city. Uh, that's one problem. My ma- my jaw just dropped. Listen, I have lived many places in the world, including like war-torn, crisis-ridden places. And 
San Francisco still sucks. Wow. I don't know. You All know, right. I think you heard um, it here first. Really, <laughs> you heard you heard it here on Curb. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, here's the thing. I think that everybody has their own city vibe and whatever mm-hmm. it is that they're looking for. For me, um, San Francisco is a little too small. It's a little too provincial. Uh, there is a lack of diversity that is just like striking and creepy. Yes, that is something I have noticed. Uh, you know, there. like public transportation is awful. I, you know, I'm just like. Can you call yourself a world-class city if you don't have, uh, you know, public transportation that works? I don't think so. So it's just a combination of a lot of things. It's uh, I've lived in, like, predominantly white cities actually almost my entire life. Um, there's something about San Francisco that I cannot shake. Mm-hmm. And it was the first, you know, it's like, I rolled deep in white people. But for the first time in my life, I'm, like, terrified to be the only um, the only person of color, like, where I live. Mm-hmm. It's not... That doesn't make me feel good, and it doesn't. Um, it doesn't encourage me to like participate in civic life where I'm, where I live, or, you know, it's like when I think of where I think about like where all of our tax money is going, and there's no public art, and there's no programs that I really support. That makes me. That makes me sad. So yeah, those are very legitimate reasons not yeah. to and care for. A city. I am a technology worker, so I realize that I am part of the problem. <sighs> yeah, but at the same time, it's like you know it. It is crazy to work in the industry that I work in and get paid the salary that I get paid and look at the city that I live in and be like, I can barely make it here. You mm-hmm. know, like what What about the other people who used to live here? Yeah. As someone who's only visited San Francisco, I definitely felt that segregation in the city mm-hmm. really strongly. I mean, I was visiting friends from college who are white. And so we went to like their favorite restaurants and their favorite like gay bars and I mean, it just is really shocking to me. I mean, it's not even segregation. Segregation implies that, like, you know, there is a part where, like, Mm, like an mm -hmm. other lives. Yes. And talk about it. The others, like, just don't live there there. anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's just a very homogenous. And honestly, it is creepy. I just, I've never experienced anything like that. My family, um, my family's home in Belgium, like, when we moved in, we were kind of the black first family, the first black family to live on that block. And that experience felt less alienating than what I'm living now. <laughs> and that's, you know, I that makes me sad. What was it like to move around a ton as a kid and and only have a shoebox for your memories? I mean... For me, it was great. I, you know, it's like you're a kid and you kind of don't know what's going on. I, um, I think it, like, built a lot of resiliency for me. And just my personality was really well suited to that. I have two younger siblings and for... For one of them, like, that was not the same experience, which mm. I'm only now realizing this in adult life. I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, this was hard for you. <laughs> um, you know, so it's just, it's like on, on one hand, there's nothing that I'm super nostalgic about. You know, the only thing that annoys me is that, like, whenever I get locked out of my bank or whatever and they're like, what street did you grow up on? I'm like, ah, I don't know <laughs> exactly. how I answered for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't that's know. a terrible security question for you. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's it's like, yeah, it's like the security questions that always bring me back to the, like, I had kind of an unusual childhood. Yeah. But I don't know. I think uh, I appreciate the pros of that more than than some of the cons. And I think that it's, it's just, like, made me a very capable adult in the end and um, someone who's really flexible. And those are things that I value a lot. Um, what? So you're traveling a lot for work. Are you like for staying? work, for fun, for weddings? Everybody's getting married again. God. My God, just whenever, Truly whenever possible. Yeah, but I thought that like all my friends had already gotten married, and then they're, <laughs> they're just doing it again. again. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I've gotten to like a couple of like second weddings. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. You've entered second wedding. Oh, territory? I have. F- 
fully Whoa. entered second wedding. <laughs> Jeremiah, have you been in, have you been to any second weddings? I've yeah. been to like two first weddings. I've not been to any second weddings. <laughs> Jeremiah's like, I know no one because I alienated <laughs> everyone with yeah, my with tweets. tweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something that you said on the Mashup Americans podcast was Uh-oh. that you've been putting up mezuzah. Mezuzat, I think, is the plural. What? Do you know? No, but I, I believe you. I believe you how you said it. I looked it up. Yes. I believe it is. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I believe it's Mezuzat. Oh, I love someone will. Someone will. It should be. It should I love be now. When black people talk about Judaism. <laughs> like we know what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was raised Muslim. I have no idea. Um, me too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, me and you both were like we the know. wrong people to ask. Um, but that was a that was a nice story, and I I hope you will tell it again. Yeah, it's a, a friend, uh, one of my friend's moms. I'm like, oh, what is the appropriate <laughs> construction of that sentence? One of my friend's moms who is um, Jewish and just like fantastic. And um, my like my mother passed away uh, like when I was in college. So she's kind of the like, she's the person who checks in on me and she's like, are you eating? Like, what's going on? Like, who is breaking your heart? Like, who can I kill for you? Like, she is <laughs> great like, to have that, that person. You need that person. But so um, she gave me a mezuzah because I like I, I've also been like living alone for a really long time. And I think that that's a thing that was like a huge point of concern for her. And uh, and, she, you know, it's like it was her own way of how can I bring comfort to you and mm-hmm. uh, and watch over you. And and so she gave me a mezuzah and I put it up in my um, in my doorway. Will you describe what it is for people who might not know? A mezuzah is uh, I feel like I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> It is a Jewish item containing a prayer, I believe, that you put in your doorway for like, uh, I don't know, like protections and blessing and, you know, like this house is blessed kind of situation. And uh, I, I thought that was really cool. It's like my family is Muslim and they're very religious. I personally am not religious, but um, there is something about like spiritual things that still obviously have a huge draw for me. So uh, I have the mezuzah in my house and I have like a Quran that's for my family mm. that like the Quran's supposed to go on like the highest point of your house. And so I put that on a shelf and that's like when I feel I've moved in that and I'll like sage my house and listen to <laughs> Rihanna and I feel oh, like I fully live yes. here. Yeah, what so a great like, sage ceremony. Uh, it's like a lot of like heathen stuff is happening <laughs> there, but you know, it's also, it's like the comforts that you grew up with. So right. that's right. it. Is that, so is that like what it takes for a, a place to feel like home to you? I mean, are you like, okay with like kind of bare furnishings or if you're moving around a lot? For me, it's like if I set up my bed, then I live there. Right. Everything <laughs> else, like I can figure out. I bought my first adult couch um, like two years ago and it was a nine month ordeal because it took me like six months to decide what I wanted. It's I hard was, to buy a couch. It was so crazy. I was like, this couch says everything about my identity. Like, what am I going to do? It was like the first like adult like couch I bought. Everything else I'd ever been, it was always like donated to somebody else's stuff. And, uh, and then it turns out that when you order a couch, <laughs> It takes them three months to send it to you. Right. <laughs> so, Especially if it's like a custom upholstery <laughs> totally. so I, situation. So I, like, I agonized about it for too long and it was like literally like nine months to get it. And uh, so now it's like if my couch is in my house and my bed is set up, I live there and I'll figure the rest out. You kind of move between the couch and the bed for variety. Exactly. <laughs> and then every single time. Spend one day on the couch what the is next this, day the Yeah. Bed. And what is this couch like out of curiosity? Yo, and there's nothing fancy about it. There's no, literally th- nothing fancy great. about it. It is just like a West Elm, like brown leather couch. But I just. There's nothing fancy about a brown leather couch? I mean, sure, but it took me a long time to like commit to leather. 
You know, that's real. You know, it's like, how do you turn the like bachelor pad item into the like bachelorette pad <laughs> right, item? Exactly. And also, you know, it also means like, I don't want babies on this. I don't have pets. Right. Like, this right. Is, like, this is for me. This is for me. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, speaking of things that you love about bloop. Oh my God. Let's yes. talk about it. Let's talk about bloop. There were only two installments and my soul is so thirsty. I believe there for have another. been three installments of bloop. Whoa. Yeah, so Bloop is this uh, joint newsletter project that I do with uh, my friend Jenna Wortham, who is great. And uh, she co-hosts a podcast called Still Processing. You should check it out. And um, yeah, it's basically if Goop was written <laughs> for and by black women. So Great. The, basically the ideal inversion of the, of the Goop. Totally. I mean, you know, and it's like not to shade goop. I love goop. Yeah, no, but um, well, you and know, I buy me some goop, but also, you know, like goop needs some flavor. Right. So right. it was, and who, you know, it's just like who doesn't love to shop? Yeah, when Assad yeah. showed it to me, I was I thought it was going to be making fun of of goop because everybody makes fun of no. Earth. And I was reading, I was like, oh, this is this is serious. it is an appreciation <laughs> of and expanding on. You know, I appreciate Gwyneth Paltrow. I think she's done a lot for the culture, and uh, <laughs> she's fabulous. It's true. Um, one of the things that you espouse in Bloop related to like the home space is dressing your bed seasonally. Yes, absolutely. So you do this. You are like adamant about this. Yes, I'm adamant about it because you like sweat differently through seasons. People are it's so foolish. It's and also everybody like people just don't research fabrics a lot. You're gonna find no, they don't. I'm a natural fiber snob. (laughs) It's true, (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's. Part of, like, treating yourself right is also just, you know, like, sleeping right, eating right, doing all of these things. But I think that, like, dressing your bed seasonally is really important. You got to look into different kind of fabrics and uh, you will be much happier. Do you have a, it's just hot all the time. Right. I mean, do you have a place where you shop for your, like, a go-to place to get your seasonal bedding? Um... Not really. I'm a very like promiscuous shopper. It's as it is, should be. It's honestly. like who is having a good deal and who looks good right now. <laughs> so wait, yeah, so is depends. this are we, are you buying new sheets every season or do you like have rotation? No, of sheets? I have a rotation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah, I got, really well, I got confused it. by yeah. like, question. Spring, <laughs> spring, summer, 2017. Just throw them out. Yeah. Fall, winter, 2018. <laughs> no, you know. Also, part of this is that um my uh. In my house growing up, we changed our sheets every Tuesday. I don't know why my mom picked Tuesday, because it is not a convenient day <laughs> to do these activities. It's not you got homework. Yeah. You got stuff to do. You got homework and like, yeah, you know, and like Mama So like did not care. So yeah, it's like every Tuesday we change our sheets. And even when I moved away and I went to college and I live on my own, it's a thing that I still do. And uh, you know, so part of like it's like if you're going to be changing your sheets that often anyway, which everybody should. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> people are sweating in here. Uh, you, I don't know. You know, they're just like, I make my bed every day. All right. Well, we want to transition to our thunder round. Oh, my God. Which is, so which we call it that. Well, you, yeah, you it's, explain it It's best, like really. a lightning round, but slower. No, thunder's <laughs> a little slower than lightning. Oh, yeah. Thunder. It's not going to, yeah. It's not going to strike you. It'll roll over. Okay. Uh, so here we go. What's the longest you could go without a phone? <laughs> um, I could go a couple of days without a phone. I've done it. Like I've done. You've it done week. it on purpose or by accident? Um, 
on accident. I also usually I turn off my phone a lot on weekends. That's oh. that sounds so healthy. Yeah. 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 I just like yeah. turn it off. But yeah, I like but on accident I have gone three weeks without a phone. Oh. And it's like the first couple of days are hard, you know? And then afterwards you're like, oh, nobody can reach me. This is great. I would be That's scared true. to leave my apartment. Like, what if I got lost? You know, <laughs> I mean, you will get lost. Yeah. You'll get, I would lost. get lost. You'll like, talk on the to way strangers. From yeah, one hundred percent. You'll talk to strangers. You will like do the phantom, like check your phone. Right. You know it's broken. <laughs> uh, but then you get used to it. I don't know. Seems seems okay. All right. So you'd be fine. That's kind of inspiring. Like we could we could all do it if we needed to. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I hope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That would be amazing. So how many things in your refrigerator should you throw out either because they've gone bad or you never, you're not, never going to eat them? Nothing. Um, nice. <laughs> I uh, Everything in my fridge serves a purpose. I'm also slightly OCD, so nothing is spoiling in there. And uh, it's like maybe the most European thing about me because we just grew up. It's like there were five of us and we grew up in a tiny house. You kind of go to the grocery store every day you have to cook. <laughs> so... You know, there's there's like nothing crazy in there. That's that's I'm, great. I'm, to hear. I'm impressed. I'm buoyed by that yeah. because I'm also crazy OCD about my fridge. Like I clean it regularly all the time. Like if you just also, do I don't it all like the time, it when the fridge is. Do I don't like one. it when the fridge is full. You know, like whatever on cribs, like they open the fridge and it's like, <laughs> it's like you could feed all of America <laughs> in this fridge, and they're so proud. I'm like, why does anybody need this much LaCroix in their fridge? Like, yeah. this is madness. Are you watching Cribs reruns, by the way? Um, sometimes. Because those go, memories sound my, fresh. I go back to some of my favorites. Mariah Carey is uh, legendary. Legend. Legendary. And then when Cribs started, like, branching out into, like, European people, I was like, these people do not have as much money as Mariah Carey. <laughs> like, I remember the Boy George one. And oh, I was I like, seen that one. I'm like, I could live here. What's up with this? <laughs> it's like Not impressed. Thoroughly not impressed. Yeah. I, uh... Sometimes I go back and rewatch them. Oh, God. Cribs. Let's pour one out for Cribs. I know. So Let's great. bring Cribs back. Although there was, well, there was a rumor that it was coming back, and I don't know whatever happened with that. So we'll yeah, just have to. Yeah, people are like, you can't come to my house out. anymore. <laughs> exactly. The Patty LaBelle episode still is one of my favorites. If you haven't watched that, listeners, You're do a yourself fool. a favor. Get on it. Oh, my God. So good. So if people want to hear more from you, where can they find you in all of your rooms in your internet home? Oh, my God. You can find me <laughs> many places on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Aminatu, A-M-I-N-A-T-O-U, same place on Instagram. And uh, you can listen to my podcast, Call Your Girlfriend. Yes, please do listen to it. If you're not listening to it, again, get yourself together. You need to watch the Patty LaBelle episode of Cribs, and you need to listen to Call Your Girlfriend. <laughs> and you need to buy a couch. Right. Yes, yeah, all of those A things. good one. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much for having Thanks me. Thanks for coming in. It was so great to chat with you. Really appreciate it. That was The Curved Appeal. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe on iTunes and find us in the podcast section of the Spotify app. And rate us five stars. And if you're interested in listening to Call Your Girlfriend, which you should be because it's awesome, you can check it out in iTunes. <laughs>